cactus. Supplying the world's first pumpkin spice suppository, this is the RO Malpractice Podcast. I'm Dr. Chris, one of the RO Malpractitioners here, and tonight I have alongside me virtually... (laughs) Dr. Josh. And Dr. Tom. All right. Well, we are back together again. Um, we, we had a slight delay last time, mostly uh, due to resource issues, I guess. Uh, can, can I just mention something? Go ahead. You know, last time, uh, probably about three quarters of the way through the, the show, we finally got to the level where we were talking about uh, peanut butter enemas. You started the show at that level. There's no, there's nowhere for us to go now. <laughs> well, I always try to one-up myself, so I, I'll take it as a compliment. We can spend the entire evening trying to one-up flavored suppositories. I don't think we're going to make it. <laughs> I don't either, but you know what? We are going to try. And so, um, Dr. Josh, you, you had been uh, discussing a little bit before the show that uh, you, you saw something in the media recently that it kind of uh, caught your eye. Yeah, I'm not really sure if this is a new article. Oh, yeah, no, it is new. It's uh, from o- October 16th. This is an article from the Spokesman Review that kind of stuck out to me. I thought it was kind of interesting. It's a little bit of uh, uh, zombie news for the week. Uh, so, indeed, indeed. Uh, it doesn't actually involve zombies, but that, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to be too much of a spoiler here. So, I'll okay. just read you the. Uh, this, uh, this is an article from the Spokesman Review in Spokane, Washington. And the title of it, uh, the headline is, Man in Car Dealership Theft Trying to Escape Zombies. Huh. So let me go ahead and read this for you. A man accused of breaking into a Buick dealership to steal a car reportedly did so, so he could take his mother to Montana to escape the zombie apocalypse. Tyler A. Goodman, 25, was arrested in front of Becker Buick at uh, 636 East Sprague just after midnight today in a Chevy Impala that he allegedly drove through a closed garage door. Goodman reportedly told the police that he needed an all-wheel drive car and broke a window with a rock to get entry to the dealership, according to court documents. The Impala had the keys in the ignition, and he drove it through the door. A woman identified herself as Goodman's mother during Goodman's court appearance Thursday afternoon. She said Goodman had called her and told her that she was that he was being chased by zombies and that he would do whatever it took to save her. She called 911 to report her son needed to be picked up by police and taken to Sacred Heart Medical Center for mental evaluation. Officers were in the area of the dealership looking for Goodman when one officer heard a squeal of tires and saw the car driving through the closed garage door, according according to court documents. He blocked the Impala with his patrol car, preventing Goodman from driving away. Goodman reportedly had a spring-loaded folding knife in his pocket, according to court documents. Damage to the dealership was estimated at $14,000. Goodman is being held in the Spokane County Jail on $6,000 bond. He is facing charges of first-degree burglary, theft of a motor vehicle, and first-degree malicious mischief. His local criminal history includes convictions for domestic violence assault and driving under the influence just winner of the week here stupid you're so stupid wow so 
I, I actually had a couple questions that popped up in my head while you were reading that article. Um, thankfully, I started to write some of them down. Now I got to decipher my own notes. But um, so. <laughs> well, you are a doctor. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Can't read my own signature. Of course, I can't read my notes. Uh, so first off, he's stolen Impala. Now, I kind of trying to figure out what led him to that decision did he decide that was the best car at the time that could go through a closed garage door I, you he, know from the article it seemed like it was just the car that had keys in it well that would make sense <laughs> but then at the same time i may have had its keys in it but i see fourteen thousand dollars damage to the dealership is that including damage to the car that belongs to the dealership that would technically be under the same liability because if that's fourteen thousand damage dollars in damage he busted through a garage door and broke it in the first place i'm assuming that car was worth somewhere between three and four hundred dollars so i'm getting the feeling he just stole like the worst beater off the lot he could find <laughs> why do you I think mean, the keys were left in it that's probably it it was probably like I the cleaning guy it probably wasn't even like I mean, I wonder what area of town that dealership was in, because really, I mean, to, to if you go with the Nicolas Cage movie Gone in 60 Seconds, why in the world would anybody leave the keys in that kind of car in that neighborhood? You know there's got to be drugs or something in there. Insurance fraud. They were trying to get it stolen, and he was just helping them out. Wait, wait, but if there were drugs in the car, that would explain the zombie paranoia. The zombies were going to take his drugs? Maybe. I don't know. You see, if it were me, if I was going to pick a car to do some ramming, it, it would not be the Chevy Impala. I mean, I, I would at least try to get, you know, like even even a cruddy old Honda. The, the Honda drivetrain will just keep going and going. You could do as much damage to the outside of that car if you want, but that drivetrain will still keep going. I, I doubt the guy that thought that zombies were chasing him thought that through. Yeah, but that's a, that's a problem. Wasn't looking into drive trains at the time. He yeah, just but yeah. To... but here's yeah, the thing. He, he he got into a locked room and googled it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously though, like I, if you're gonna, if I'm being chased by zombies, whether they be in my head or real life, the fact of the matter is that I still have enough base knowledge in my head over what to try to get into to get away. You know, like if there are a bunch of cars sitting around in a well. What was the dealership? Was it a Chevy dealership? Well, let's just let's just assume it was a uh, like a regular used car a, lot. It was a Buick dealership. Oh. Oh well, you know, if I had to pick, yeah, actually, the so Buicks probably, are pretty it big. Wasn't a new car then? Yeah, it probably wasn't. So, if sure. I were to pick a car, so so you'd go with you'd go with a Honda for the reliability of the drivetrain. That thing's just going to keep moving no matter what you crash it into. Exactly. No matter how oh. many zombies you run over or people that may or may not be zombies that just are annoying you. Uh, I think I think I would pick a Tesla. Because as soon as I crash it into something, it's going to catch fire and explode. <laughs> so, at least in the in, in the very least, I get to glow out in a blaze of glory. <laughs> so, if I'm going to be running from zombies, I would crash that car as a last-ditch effort. Well, that and they're they're pretty quiet taking off when they're running on the battery. I mean, you could sneak up on the zombies. Sneak up on zombies, then you crash into a zombie and it catches fire and explodes. Yeah. How about you, Josh? Really, I mean, yeah, you could you could crash it into some grass and it would explode. <laughs> Let's be honest. No, I I would I would choose an M1 Abrams tank. <laughs> <laughs> or an M wrap. 
I was going to say, you know what, though? You're, you've got no, a... no one made any specifications as to whether or not that's true. <laughs> you know what I was thinking about? You know, the, the that makes me wonder, why is it that the uh, Prius isn't featured in more Michael Bay movies? Can you imagine what kind of Transformer <laughs> Prius would turn into? I mean, it would it'd be literally like a short, chubby Transformer that gets crushed in like 10 seconds. It would probably speak with a lisp. Or like just a really but, whiny voice. But, but here's the thing. But then it would explode in a Noxotron. <laughs> there we go. But then it would explode. Yeah, but here's it's the thing. Big, but then it would explode and save calculator. the day. It's, it's a walking what? Calculator. Oh god. <laughs> hey, hey, come on. Don't let let's not be let's not be, you know, ripping on calculators here. The it's t- the R two D two of Transformers. Oh, <laughs> just, oh. Right, I'm sorry, C three PO. Wow. Oh, how dare you. I was going to say, come on, let, let, let's remember the good old days of the TI-83 calculator, okay? There there are good things that can be done with calculators. There is nothing good that can be done with a Prius. You know what you can do with a calculator? What? You can calculate uh, the odds of being able to make it through an asteroid field successfully. <laughs> never, never talk to me about the odds, Josh. I used to have a TI-83 graphing calculator when I was in high school, and I think the most useful function it had was I could program my own own choose-your-own-adventure games. (laughs) And I think I definitely did that. It would be like, you're walking down a dark road. Do you turn on the light? If you turn on the light, you get hit by a car. If you don't turn (laughs) off the light, you get eaten by zombies. Either way, you always lost. That's... Part of being a high school kid with issues. You know what? I was allowed, and we we actually this was this was a great use of those calculators. In that we used to create programs to do our math formulas and our science formulas, like um, for us for tests. Because That's the te- what pencils and paper are for. Because here's what the teacher said. The teacher said, "Well, look, as long as you understand the formula enough to be able to make a program like that, then." As long as you show me the formula first and then the result, I don't care. Which is absolutely hilarious because you have to store the formula in the calculator in order to actually get the program to work. So if you even forgot the formula, all you'd have to do was pull up the program code, look at the formula, put the formula down, and then punch in your numbers and put the answer down. So Okay, let, let me just stop everything here, okay? Okay. This is where the show goes, Chris, when you start with suppositories. We're talking about graphing calculators. Let's move on to something that's not going to be boring as anything I could possibly imagine. Okay, Chairman Meow, what, what do you have to say about graphing calculators? All right, uh, just observation. Thank you, Chairman. Moving on. I forgot about that guy. So, um, well, one thing, one thing that is not lacking this week, I will say, we, we did not have to scrounge on any information about our, our absolutely favorite person of all time, who is Ralph Macchio. Damn bike, I hate this bike. I hate this freaking bike. This stupid. Wow. So... We actually have two things that we, we our, our good, close, personal friend, Ralph Macchio, and, you know, near nearly, you know, worshipful, almost, you know, level of, uh, uh, you know, desire and all that stuff. Anyway. Whoa. 
All right, maybe no not desire. desire. Maybe not no desire. No one here says desire except for you. Okay, maybe not desire. That that was the wrong word, and I'm I'm just trying to fill space here. Okay, but we we actually after posting our first episode, we we had a uh, a fan, uh, shall we say, a fan that's uh, close to Doctor Tom in some ways, but uh, nonetheless, a fan post a uh, a video of a kind of fake movie trailer about the life of Ralph Macchio. And how he's such a nice guy that he can't find work anymore. Uh, did both of you watch this? I saw it. I watched. Yeah, I watched it. My connection was really jumpy, so I kind of had to watch it in bits and pieces. But it was really funny. Yeah. Well, it, it is Ralph Macchio. I mean. I like the part where he's in the bar and he crane kicks the guy in the face. <laughs> That's yeah, my favorite part. That, that, that definitely is the highlight of it. Well, that and when he tries to pick up the prostitute and she's like oh yeah come back when you're 18 i'm 44 <laughs> mm. yeah that, that you was... know, i gotta say i gotta say every time i have tried that move in a fight it has backfired pick up keep a prostitute tra- keep... or a crane kick because <laughs> if you pick up a prostitute in the middle of a fight you're probably gonna lose the fight and lose the prostitute well no let me let me tell you <laughs> if you try to crane kick the prostitute <laughs> whoa it, it will end badly for you, because those ladies can fight. I'm sure they can. That's true. You sound like you have first-hand knowledge of this. I heard it from a friend of a friend. Okay, we'll go with that. Who is me? No, not really. Okay. <laughs> and, You're your own friend. But in, in terms of legitimate job work, I mean, that that was, you know, uh, I, I believe it was a Funny or Die video, which was, you know, it, it's definitely work, but... You know, Ralph Macchio is not below, all right, or rather is not above uh, doing fast food commercials. So, yeah, um, I'm trying to remember the chain. Wasn't it Wendy's? Yeah. He did. Yeah. Is this Ralph Macchio news and this is the level of detail you're providing? I think it was a Wendy's. (laughs) I can't look. I can't remember. Is that he did. A, a, a video for Funny or Die where he crane kicks a guy in the face and he did a TV commercial for some unnamed fast food chain right. that we don't really know the name of. I'm pretty sure Wendy's. it's Wendy's, okay? And it's because right. they came out now with... we're at about 80% more, certainty. Look, more I, it's, it's coming, it, it's coming back to me, okay? It, it's, it's coming back to me, okay? Wendy's came out with a new pulled pork barbecue sandwich and uh, he is part of the ad campaign for that. That I did not see a video of, unfortunately. When you say ad campaign, I think of, like, Jared from Subway. So are they just going to keep going with Ralph Macchio doing Wendy's pulled pork sandwiches? It's like Ralph Macchio just gaining pound after pound (laughs) because he's just slogging down pulled pork sandwiches. (laughs) You see him at, like, 500 pounds trying to do a crane kick, and he kicked he can't even get his foot off the ground. He ends up breaking his other leg. <laughs> Let us welcome to the ring at 580 pounds, Ralph Macchio. And yeah. he still has to fight that same guy. With the same music. Yeah. Has to have the same music, too. About being the best around. Oh, yeah. Definitely. But then he just sumo wrestles him and knocks him out of the ring. And then he's like... Wax on, wax off, son. 
and that's got served, buddy. Wait, wait. Not only that's is he, he not only does he do the wax on, wax off, son, but somebody from Wendy's is standing along the side of the ring to hand him another sandwich so that he could do the wax on with the sandwich in his hand just for the product placement. Oh, he doesn't fight without a sandwich in his hand. That's exactly. Dave, Dave comes down from heaven on a cloud and gives him a golden pulled pork sandwich. <laughs> if you keep this up, you're going to start doing commercials for Wendy's. <laughs> well, yeah, I do. I do work in advertising. Yeah. You know. Have you ever seen uh, that movie? Uh, How to get ahead in advertising? No. Have you ever seen the movie Crazy People? No. That's my favorite movie ever about advertising. It's I a bunch am. of. No. It's a bunch of pain. Uh, patients in a mental hospital that start their own advertising agency. Sounds about right. You've never ever seen that? They, no. it's, it's, it's really, really, they, they start an ad campaign, for example, for uh, Metamucil, and, and their, their whole slogan is, yes, I want to go to the bathroom, and they basically had this whole spiel about how um, your intestinal tract affects your entire body, so if you don't poop, then you'll die. It's <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. It's pretty funny. And it's honest too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you're ever looking for a uh, a cheap VHS tape to pick up, that's that's a good one. Oh wow. Yeah, I mean, I I've never seen that. All I remember about trying to get ahead in advertising, it, it's a British film, and it's it's very very strange and out there. It's about this guy that has like a boil on the side of his neck that talks to him and then the boil has like this really really like crazy outgoing like manic personality and is very very quickly able to like kind of tell him how to sell things and you know uh, you know you should be you should be doing this and that and the other and so uh the boil gradually gets bigger and bigger Wait, Chris, Chris hold on are you trying to tell me this is a real movie? You're not just making this up. I'm not making this about up. About a guy and his intelligent tumor. Yes, and then it's, the... it's Total Recall as a romantic comedy. <laughs> we're, we're back to Quado. How did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> it, it all comes full circle, Tom. Uh, Open it, your mind. <laughs> uh, I see what you did there. Excellent. Uh, back to Quado. Yes. All right. Well, you know what? I, I, I think we would be remiss, uh, being that, you know, we, we have been talking a little bit about pooping and, and things of that nature. You know what? I find that I somehow, uh, uh, that, you know, sometimes people do have some difficulties, uh, you know, finding ways to store things like that. Uh, you, you get where I'm getting at, right? Like storage? Yeah. Well, hang on. We'll we'll let everybody see what we're talking about. Hang on. Oh, fiddlesticks. I spilled blood on the floor again. These containers always leak, and the covers never stay on. The blood always leaks out before I can get it to the bathtub. You are most correct, friend. Human blood is so hard to acquire these days, and leak-free storage is a most stringent requirement. Disposable plastic containers are too flimsy for the oven or microwave and are not sealed tight enough to keep the blood from spilling out. Even the most expensive plastic bags are in constant danger of being punctured. What are we to do? Tired of spilling blood all over your house? Is storage a drag? Are too many of your blood bags popping? 
Has cold blood got you down? If you said yes to any of these questions, then Pyrex is for you. Pyrex containers are stackable, made from durable puncture-free glass, are oven and microwave friendly, and best of all, their covers seal on tight for leak-free storage and transportation. They are even clear so you can tell which containers are full of blood and which ones are full of urine, feces, and or brain matter. But wait, how much do they cost? Don't worry about a thing. Pyrex containers are incredibly affordable, so your blood budget won't, uh, will be one thing that you definitely won't have to slash. <laughs> Pyrex, the hands-down best containers for human blood. Period. <laughs> That's just a little word from our sponsors there, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. You didn't think we had sponsors, did you? I I I was uh I was particularly <laughs> impressed uh, at the you know the the people from Pyrex their their you know desire and interest in our show. I, I you know I think they're really trying to branch out into new markets. Oh, absolutely! And I'm pretty sure if this gets out there, uh, we're gonna get sued. Probably. <laughs> yeah, but it's parody. It's parody. Yeah, yeah, it, it, we're we're allowed. <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh, expect more of these. Uh, these sponsorships going forward, unless, of course, you're actually interested in giving us money, in which case, uh, maybe we'll say something about you in kind of some backhanded way. <laughs> in like, if you would like to send me pirate containers to sell on eBay, please feel free to do so. <laughs> feedback at rlmalpractice.com. Pirate containers to my house. Yes. <laughs> I promise I will not store your blood in them. I will give you his address. Exactly. Unless you show up in person. <laughs> Just leave them at the door and run. Yes. <laughs> Dig dong ditch Pyrex but, containers. But but if you want your blood stored in the Pyrex containers, then you know that that is a free service that Dr. Josh offers. Really? Wait, what? Yeah, I, I'm saying what if somebody? Well, I, no, I'm trying. I'm trying to understand the logistics of this. What I'm Are saying is bringing you, me blood. And Pyrex containers? No, no, no. The, no, like you said you wouldn't take... Containers for them? No, no, no. You said you wouldn't take their blood, that they should show up and then run after, like, basically leaving the Pyrex on your doorstep. Well, my point is, what if they want you to store their blood in the Pyrex containers? I'm saying that you, as a service, will, will be willing to, you know, take their blood from them to store it in these Pyrex containers. You know, for a nominal fee. That's I'm, really gross, Chris. I'm really lost on this one. I don't know why you thought all of this up. You and your flavored suppositories. <laughs> all right. That's our show. Yeah, well, well, while we're on the subject of uh, trying to get out of a conversation you don't want to be a part of, um, I spent some time thinking this week, and I thought to myself... What's the best way to end a conversation that you're caught up in? Because, you know, this happens a lot, especially if you're, like, part of, like, business meetings and stuff like that. People start going on about something you just don't really care about. Uh, for me, it's always sports. I'm not a big sports fan. And um, so I thought to myself, well, in my opinion, the best way to end any conversation that you don't want to be a part of is do everything you can to redirect the conversation towards why the Nazis were right. Wow. 
So no, let me give you an example. Okay, all right. Let's, let's yeah, I want to hear this example. So so let's say let's say they're talking about sports, like they're talking about baseball. Wait wait let's let like... let's act this out. Hang on, I, I I can pretend like I know something about sports. Okay, oh, please let's role play this. Okay, let's start. <laughs> yes. Chris Chris, be the guy. Okay, pretty much your role is you're a guy that's kind of like you're talking about your favorite baseball team. You're upset that they lost. Okay. Go. Okay. Oh. My gosh, can you believe how badly the Mets blew it last night? I mean, well, there's there's no reason why that guy should have missed the ball. I mean, it was right there. I mean, it hit him in the face. Well, you know, Chris, most people would blame you for liking the Mets in the first place. But, you know, if we used Aryan technology and selectively bred our baseball players... They would all be super strong, and they would all be super fast, and your team would have put on a much better performance. I, I and the conversation's <laughs> over. Mission accomplished. Wow. I, I think I hear a bobcat. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I hear a mountain lion. I gotta go. I gotta go. <laughs> See, that's what's on the other end of that conversation. <laughs> Well, that no, because then you, you I, I like your strategy because then you put them in the situation where suddenly they're trying to get out of the conversation. <laughs> There's no fast way to end a conversation that make the other person not want to be a part of it anymore. Exactly. That's although, you know, Chris, I gotta say, I gotta say, your um, your characterization of a sports fan is the kind of characterization that only somebody that does not watch sports at all could possibly give. Well, I would know I would know more information if I actually watched sports, but I don't. So again, this is a conversation that I would not want to be a part of. So I may very well have to adopt uh, t- you know Dr. Tom's suggestion here. Well, you don't have to necessarily use my suggestion. I kind of was, you know, leaving it more open than anything. That's how I'd do it. Do you have a better way? Hmm. I'll have to think about it. Uh, Dr. Josh, do you have anything off the top of your head? Um, so, <laughs> normally, um, I enjoy being in those conversations and seeing how far I can get into them before the person realizes how, that I have no clue what we're talking about. <laughs> so you just take them for a ride. It is amazing how much people will just keep talking when you have absolutely no idea what they're talking about. As long as you just keep asking them uh, questions that seem intelligent. Now, is this you walking into the middle of a conversation or is this you uh, the conversation started while you were there? So you have full context of what's going on because there, there. it would be two different, very two very different situations. If you were there the whole time, you would actually know the substance of the conversation. Versus if you just walked in and then started making statements, that would be a little bit different. No, I don't make statements though. Oh, I just, questions. Okay, I ask questions that sound like I know what I'm talking about. Hmm. So I could have a minute amount of knowledge about something. And, and pass it off as me having a lot of knowledge about it just simply by asking halfway decent questions. Okay. It's, it becomes a game. All right. Um, this one would be harder to act out. I have a friend named Chris that likes to build servers, and I do this to him all the time. 
Wait, th- <laughs> is this me or? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't oh. oh, where's the ding? I should have. I was off point on that. Sorry. There you go. That's all right. That all right. Me, that, that, that made me think of something that's actually kind of funny. Um, in the same sense, just to try to ride out a conversation that you really have no idea what they're talking about. Um, one of my favorite things is, especially somebody who's long-winded and likes to like talk a lot. Once again, like me. Oh, I don't know anybody like that. But uh, what I would do is uh, let them talk. Right. And as soon as they have a pause, which is sort of, you know, your chance for input, you don't necessarily have to come up with a question, which which definitely would work. Instead, just say one word that comes to mind across everything they're talking about. Like, for example, I'm, I'm just using this as an example. Like, someone's telling you they're really excited about their new uh, mock-up Ghostbusters suit. Thanks. And uh, say, you know, they're really excited about it. And then you notice, while they're talking, you're not really paying attention, but you notice, oh, they're wearing coveralls. So, as soon as you get a chance to talk, you just randomly blurt out, coveralls are expensive. <laughs> and then stop, and then let them continue. Because then they'll probably tell you the entire cost of everything they're wearing and blah, 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 and uh, how they managed to get it cheap on discount, blah, blah, blah. And in the end, you uh, carried the conversation even further. Okay, let's try this one. Role play. Chris, can I, can I, can I, can I do what you're, you're talking about, uh, uh, Tom? Yeah. All right. Let's, let's, Chris, talk about Ghostbusters. <laughs> no. Come on. Come on. Do it. No. <laughs> do it right now. I'm asking you to talk about something that you are violently passionate about. Yes, you're you're asking me to talk about it just so that you can make me look like an idiot over it. No, 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 I'm not, I'm I'm the idiot. You're the situation. idiot. Yes. Okay, wait, wait. I have it on tape, ladies and gentlemen. I have it on recording. Josh is the idiot. Okay, we can move on now. Okay, but are you going to do what I'm asking you to do? That's my point. Well, what aspect just of Ghostbusters do you wish me to about, talk about? Be more talk specific. About just humor me. Just do anything. I don't want to get into specifics about Ghostbusters because I don't care. Well, <laughs> if you don't care, then why would you want me to talk about? <laughs> okay, okay, Chris. I got, how's your, I got a how's your suit coming, Chris? Oh gosh, Chris, uh, I got a question for you. I okay. got a Ghostbusters question. Go ahead. And because uh, uh, I, I think I can come up with something. Okay, good. Go for it. So uh, I need a right. springboard from, Ghost, from Ghostbusters one to Ghostbusters two. Okay. Slimer shows up again after they already caught him. Yep. Why? Well, the reason for that is in the middle of Ghostbusters 1, the containment unit blows up, and Slimer is set free as evidenced at the end of the movie when he comes flying towards the camera. But man, look out for protoplasm, am I right? (laughs) (laughs) That stuff gets everywhere. Well, if you had a clue what you were talking about, there's they don't ever refer to proto. Well, actually, no. In the second movie, they all right. I see where you're going with this. <laughs> and you're right, though. The second movie, they do refer refer to plasm from the subway system, but I don't know that they refer to it as protoplasm. Oh, that's see, you know, yeah, you're right, Chris. Did, now, what I, I'm trying to remember what actually caused it to come out of the subway system. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> you see, you see what I did there? Yeah, I see. You were trying to spur me on further to explain yes. more in depth how yeah, stuff happened in the movie and 
whether or not you were correct or incorrect in your statement. Okay. I don't know why. I just, I just, I do that compulsively. Yes, I have been a victim of this many times. But the thing is, is that I actually end up getting interested in what the person's talking about when at first I wasn't. So maybe it's a good character quality and I'm just a nice person. I've I've got to find somebody that can talk endlessly. But I've, I've used it for both good and evil. I, I've got to, I, I have to find one of those people that is obsessed with My Little Ponies and get you into a conversation with them. That sounds like an interview opportunity. Yeah, I, I think it does. Well, well, here's the thing, though, is that, that that's actually part of my job is is interviewing my people for, for videos. Yes. So part of my job is actually to sit and get people to talk about things that they're passionate about so i i i just end up using it at parties to entertain myself as well <laughs> you know I, I i thought i thought like that is the dark side of the force yes <laughs> speaking of parties okay so we we were all at a party last weekend like together in the same space it wasn't an internet party yeah it was awkward yeah, it was it was a little bit weird, but um, I not I, as weird as our internet parties. No, True. yeah, definitely not. I I will say that my my favorite part of said party was when we set a yellow jacket's nest on fire with gasoline. I don't even think we really succeeded in that. I think we only half succeeded. I still thought it was really funny that somehow it seemed appropriate to the uh, the host that well. Here's my lawn, and it's my lawn because, you know, I'm paying for it. It's my lawn. Let's just pour some gas on it. Yeah. Maybe throw a light batch on it. Well, or a stick from the other fire. And and also at the same time that, you know, the Yellow Jackets really, I'm not going to say they were a problem. Uh... It, there was there was not a huge problem, and the strategy for getting rid of them was not terribly good. I, you it was know, funny though. It, it, it was. It was. It was very entertaining, which is why I think we all all went along with it. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> I mean, come on, gasoline and fire. What could possibly go wrong? Larger fire. But uh, the the thing was that I I agree. I think afterwards it, it turned out not to be quite as successful in that. The the yellow jackets that were not home came back, and there were like fifteen or twenty of them that were out when the the nest had been set on fire. So I'm I'm pretty sure they just redug the nest after we all went home. So let that be a lesson to you, ladies and gentlemen. If you're going to dump gasoline in a yellow jacket's hole uh, <laughs> at your house and and light it on fire, then make sure you do it at night. When all of the yellow jackets are in their hole, and then you can kill them all. Well, or you could employ my my father's strategy. My father had a great way for getting rid of yellow jackets' nests that were close enough to the house that you could run an extension cord to the house. What you do is you get up around dawn while the bees are mostly still in the nest, and you bring out a shot. Already, that's not going to work for me. Okay, well, tough for you. Uh, you got to be committed to this, Josh. Okay, so you bring out a shop vac. Josh, you're just not as committed to genocide as Chris is. Exactly. <laughs> you just need to accept that fact. Insect genocide is perfectly acceptable in today's society, especially when it comes to things that sting. So what you do is you bring a shop vac out. You put the hose 
right near where the hole is, so that whenever a bee flies out, what? You pour some gasoline in the shop back. No, no, you don't. (laughs) Worst flamethrower ever. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen that tried. It doesn't work. Um, But so you turn the vacuum on, the bees get upset. They fly out of the hole. They get sucked up and into the shop vac, get chopped up by the motor. And then what you do is, at the end of the day, after all the bees have flown out and already gotten sucked up by the shop vac, then you dump the gasoline down the hole to get any that might be left, you know, kind of trying to protect their queen or something. So that way you've got them all already. That's like killing a house full of frat kids and then setting the house on fire. And you have They're a problem with that? They're usually too big for a shop vac. But yeah. Frat kids? I, get, I yeah. get the concept. Yeah. But now here's my question. How long are you running that shop vac to make sure you've, you know, sucked enough bees? Chris's dad had a lot of time on his hands. No, he just, plugged, he just plugged it in and left it there all day. That's all. He just, like, left it, you know, left it plugged in. It sat there all Your day. Your neighbors must have hated you. No, my neighbors were far enough away that they wouldn't even hear the vacuum going. Yeah, you know the it was there's like it's, it, was, it still just seems so so impractical. It's well, just, that's the point. You, you like use the an, motor would overheat probably if you ran it for a half hour straight. It's what do you do with the vacuum cleaner full of bees? Well, they're chopped up by the motor, so you just dump them out. I mean, I, they're dead. I, I've done so. I did this before, but I was smart enough to put some uh, bug spray inside the shop vac. I think so my dad did put some bleach in, in there. I think he did okay. put some bleach well, in there. at least that's be on the safe side. Because, you know, they, they don't all get chopped up by the motor. Yeah, he I'm did put saying. a little bit of bleach in there, and that, that worked. Bleach and bug spray? No, there, there wasn't bug spray, too, although that would I, I would be interested to see the chemical reaction between bleach and bug spray. All right. Next episode, Chris is going to try that. Zombie bees. No. <laughs> and we'll record it. I don't, I don't mix things with bleach. <laughs> <laughs> I like what you did there, Tom. Yeah. Zombie nice bees. Clever. I'm pretty sure that one's never been done before. Yep. Speaking of uh, Tom's uh, clever clever playing with words. Yes. I, I, I believe, farts. I believe it is that time of and the show. Speaking of farts. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta hate when it gets caught up in your cheeks like that. Why was that so long? That feels like it was twice as long as the last time we played it. I hate it when my farts skip. <laughs> exactly, the computer had a hiccup. Anyway, let's let's get some mood music going here. Thank you very much, Chris. This week, I have three poems, two of them haikus, and one of them is just a simple limerick. So I'm gonna start. This is a guy with PTSD farting. Curse these shattered nerves. I thought I heard machine guns. It was just my butt. And the second one I'm going to read is a limerick, so it's a little more light-hearted. Eating a plate full of beans is always as bad as...
bad as it seems. I hate to sound crass, but my butt fills with gas, and I leave a brown stain in my jeans. And my third poem is another haiku, and it's more introspective than anything. Lost in thoughts and gas, I wondered. Why show restraint? Then I pooped my pants. That's all I got for this week. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Tom. That was uh, magical. That Almost last like, one That last one was really good. Almost like a magical fruit. Yeah, I, that was amazing. Or a musical fruit. You know, that, that, That's how I usually end most stories. That, that last line there. Then I pooped my pants. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's great that it's five syllables. You oh, can't put it anywhere. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, only the good stories end with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The rest of them end with, then I found $5. <laughs> that gives some purpose. And I was so happy <laughs> that yes. I pooped my pants. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, so at this point, uh, now, have we gotten a new poem of the moment or not this week no unfortunately not this week there's been a little bit of restructuring so it's gonna have to take a little while before it comes back yeah i i I have to give you a a lot of credit though dr tom you you're doing a phenomenal job in terms of getting getting everything working with the the website side of things not really i would say i've been spending like 15 minutes every once in a while yeah, but that's more time than Dr. Josh or I are spending. That's not true. It's not? No, you can't prove it. That's true. Well, in in either case, uh, if you'd like to listen to our mediocre podcast on Tom's mediocre website, <laughs> Chris, give him, the, give him the URL. The URL is rlmalpractice.com. That's A-U-L. R-A-L, malpractice.com. You can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash malpractice, And our Twitter handle is at malprac, And you'll be happy to see our, our compatriot and chairperson, Chairman Mal. He's been quiet today. Yeah, we really haven't consulted him too much uh, in this particular event. Can I just say something out loud? Go ahead. Chairman Mao's boring, and we should get rid of him. <laughs> and I tell, that, I tell my wife that about our cats every day. My cats are boring? Well, boring, irritating, I hate them. <laughs> get rid of them. <laughs> I think that one's my favorite. Okay. All right, I think this is a good place to end the show. <laughs> All right, so uh, again, if you want to give a listen to us, it's rlmalpractice.com. Uh, you can also, again, find us on Facebook. Please leave us feedback. It's feedback at rlmalpractice.com, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>